Welcome to Inspiring People and Places, where we interview national leaders in the architectural, engineering, construction, and development industry in an effort to educate, innovate, and inspire industry professionals to disrupt the status quo, improve their project teams, and steward public and private investments more effectively. I'm your host, BJ Kramer, President and CEO of MCFA. Allow me to introduce today's guest. Inspiring People and Places, welcome back. Today's a little different. And it's different because I am in a studio for the first time ever. So I want to start by shouting out to New Jersey Content Studio in Haddonfield, New Jersey. But before I give a shout out to John in New Jersey Content Studio, I have to focus on the relationship that led us here, which is my sister-in-law, Marisa DeChico. So shout out to Marisa, who is John's neighbor. Marisa also helps us with a lot of the programming and the content for the Friendly Strife Foundation. So shout out to Marisa. And I'm sitting here with my good friend and our fractional chief marketing officer, Matt Handel. So I have to shout out to Wally Zimalong, who is the relationship that brought us together. And I'm focusing on relationships because Matt and I are gonna have a bit of a debate today about marketing and let you inside of a every day or at least every week conversation that Matt and I have around where MCFA is going, how best to position us, how to market, proposals, content, thought leadership, social media, no social media, LinkedIn, Instagram, doing too much, not doing enough. So you've heard Matt handle before because I interviewed him before, I think, I think he so. was inside of MCFA. Now he's here and dealing with me every week. <laughs> so welcome back to the show, Matt Handel. Thanks, thanks for having me. So we have this debate and we're letting everybody in. The podcast started out as an idea. Our mission was all around inspiration, innovation, and education. It's about raising the industry. We don't think that the industry does enough of highlighting the, the success stories. But BJ loves leadership. BJ loves talking to inspiring people. Maybe they're not in the industry. And Matt often quotes, the riches are in the niches, meaning the more focused you are, the more likely you're to create a brand or create a category for yourself. And I don't disagree, but I want to have a conversation about that today. All right. So I don't know where we should start. Well, I think that you did a very good job at articulating my point of view on this. I think that your point of view is, if you look at, we're in the construction world, if you look at the construction world, that's a group of people. But if you look at the world in whole, there are there's a large group of people, much larger group of people than just people who work within the construction and engineering world. And one of the things that is often missing not just in the construction world, but in the world in general is leadership. So it's definitely a topic that a lot of people should be interested in. And if we reach out to more people or, or, or if we make a broader discussion about leadership beyond our industry, there's a lot larger audience. Correct. Right, so if you reach a million people, you might be more successful than if you reach 10,000 people. Well, and I think here's here's the debate. What would be better to reach a million people with our stories 
or a million people of the general population or 10,000 people in our industry. I would argue 10,000 people in our industry. And my argument is if we reach a million people, we're probably reaching 10,000 people in our industry. Maybe. I, I agree. Maybe. I, I, I think it's, that it's, I think that's the debate. Say. And the debate is there because, and let's, I will be completely honest with everybody. I hate self-promotion. So like far be it for me to want to be the voice or our podcast to, you know, to be the ENR podcasts that, you know, disrupts and innovates the industry and the marketing. And I had a conversation yesterday with Keelan, Keelan Cox, right? Keelan Cox. And I started talking about HGTVing the infrastructure world, right? We spend all this money advertising attention on sexying up our homes. And there's an addiction to the Pinterest boards and the Instagram accounts of the best DIYers and on and on and on. And the backbone of our nation is infrastructure and healthcare systems and airports and transit hubs and communities and water, wastewater, utilities, Wi-Fi. And our industry does a terrible job of bringing attention to it, educating the population on it. And maybe it's the infotainment that we need to bring to marketing in our industry. And maybe that is a little bit of what we're trying to accomplish. But is BJ really the right voice, the right talking head for the industry? Or do we just need to be a hub of all of the voices and all of the leaders and all of the projects that are happening everywhere that are providing infrastructure to the world? And I say that knowing that I just introduced an issue, which is one of the goals is the infrastructure world, which is public construction, right? It's mostly public investments. But BJ, you're constantly trying to dabble in the development world and supporting hospitality stuff. And I am. And you had a self-storage guy on. Well, he was a veteran, right? So you start to see a little bit of the conundrum, and I'm talking to the audience, not just to Matt right now, of like, I want to have a genuine relationship with our audience, a genuine interest in our interviews, but I also want to be serving the broader industry. So one of the most interesting shows that I think I've ever seen, and I've tried to find it and I, I can't find it, if anyone knows what this show is, and please send me a message, it was one of these kind of reality TV shows where they were showing the building of a condo complex, mixed-use complex in San Francisco, and they showed you exactly how they built it from, from the ground up. Right, from from the basement, you know, to and all the challenges that happened during the project and with the rebar and all this stuff and things are going to be being late and all that stuff. I was already in the construction industry at the time, but I found that su not only super interesting but super educational. So I do feel like there is a need for more of that, for the lack of a better term, sexing up of the construction industry and, and 
selling it to the the infrastructure industry and the and the larger construction industry to the general populace. Yeah, right. Because we need we need people. Like, here's a great story. There's a woman I know in Wisconsin. There's a very large interchange called the Market Interchange. It is if you're driving in it, it's it's a sight to behold. It's nothing like you see here in New Jersey. It's 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 just this ginormous interchange. And her son was driving in the back seat of her car when he was very little, driving by, and he was just when it first opened, and this was probably like early 2000s, or no, probably like, yeah, mid-2000s when it opened, she was driving her kid, and he saw this, and he's like, who did this? This is this is crazy. She said, she said well, this is a civil engineer created this. And she, she said, I want to be a civil engineer. And he became a civil engineer. He went, hmm. he, as of last time I saw this woman, she, her son was going to school to become a civil engineer from that experience. So do we need more of that? Yes, to the general population, absolutely. Internally within our own world, do we need more leadership and more inspiration? I would say yes. And are there people doing amazing things in our industry that nobody knows about? Yes, I mean, we had people talking about building buildings instead of from the bottom up, from the top down and what that takes to do that and why you would even think about doing that you know so that's pretty amazing you know yeah. we've had people talk about emotional security within the construction industry and and how the challenges of bringing women onto the site of a construction site when you give them just the the standard shirt you give everybody else and oh that's not going to fit them you know and they feel like okay I got to wear this baggy shirt and it's not for me you know like we need Yes and yes, we need those conversations, but there just definitely needs to be a way to get more interest in the construction industry from all people. Yeah. So I've got a lot of things I want to react to. Well, I think I just won the debate, right? No, I think you just agreed with me. <laughs> you said you said yes and yes. And I think, you know, I, I would love anybody that's listening to to weigh in via LinkedIn or email to tell us what you want to hear from us and types of interviews that you like the most. And if anybody's out there that's like, we agree and we'd like to get started in, in the same direction, because I think it's on our marketing departments. I got a lot of thoughts here. I just wrote down passionate and curious. And my problem is I'm passionate and curious about a lot of things, right? So I think that's the conundrum. And then two, how I started this I'm a people person. So when a relationship comes to me with a problem set, I'm like, yeah, I can help you think through that. And then all of a sudden I'm like, hey, wait, we might have to actually hire people to do this. I can't just, mm. I can't just advise you on the side. So that's a bit of the conundrum Matt has to deal with in a bit of a, an entrepreneurial person like me with just enough infrastructure around me that like, I think we can do a lot of the things that we're doing. So I'm not afraid of growth. Well, I think we, we can help people in the construction industry solve their most challenging problems. And exactly. that problem might be a big problem to solve. And it might be a, a little problem to solve. Right. It might be, I need someone just to, to stand by this road and count how many cars to go by. Right. Right. It may be, I have this project that it, I know is going to go 
down the tubes if I don't have somebody that I can trust to oversee it and make sure everything gets done. And here's the interesting part of, here's my reaction to that, because a lot of people are going to be like, why would you hire people to count cars, right? Like let somebody else do that. And the answer is because I think I care more about the person that's going to count cars than anybody else in this industry will, because I see it as an entry point into our industry and an entry point into our company. And that person's career trajectory selfishly can help my company's trajectory, right? If I provide the right support system, the right development, it's like the McDonald's manager might start out as the burger flipper, but somebody had to flip burgers to understand what flipping burgers is all about. And somebody had to deal with the customer at the counter to understand what customer service is all about before they can then manage the store. And I think all of those entry-level positions are just future project leaders, because if you put them in a position to understand the industry from the bottom, and then you wrap around them a development process and a, and a culture that cares about empowering and challenging them, I think we have a pretty strong chemistry and a pretty strong business case. I absolutely agree. I mean, for example, some of the people I know who are expert witnesses on construction projects or construction experts, essentially, you got their start as an economics major working at a bank, <laughs> right? And then somehow they got into the construction industry. So, and we need more of that. We need more of people getting into the construction industry because there's a lot of interesting things you can do within the construction industry, right? And there's a lot of opportunity there, but I think people just have this mindset, oh, well, if you're in the construction industry, you're wearing a yellow cap and you're driving a big truck, you know? And most of the people, honestly, that work in this industry don't do any of that. Yeah. I had zero appreciation. I went to West Point. I was in the army. I went to grad school. And it wasn't until I was 26 that I was on a construction project and my eyes were open to the number of white collar staff that goes into a large construction program between architects, engineers, planners, attorneys, financial people, office engineers. I'm missing a hundred different yeah. roles, but project executives, owners, the number of white collars individuals that are overseeing or involved in a construction project. And then you get into the number of different types of construction projects, right? If you ask somebody, if I ask my six-year-old right now, what kind of construction projects are there? I don't know what his answer would be, right? He'd probably be like, oh, somebody builds houses. And he might be like, well, there's always road construction going on. And then he might stop. But he wouldn't talk about the people that build hospitals. He probably want to talk about the people that build airports. He probably want to talk about the people that maintain sewage plants or build wastewater. He probably want to talk about all of the underground infrastructure. He want to talk about the utilities. And then you, that's talking about building it, talk about engineering, designing, maintaining, financing. I mean, it's a huge, huge industry. So now I'm back to where we began, which is like, where do you go? Which one do you focus on? You got public and private. You got vertical and horizontal. You got pre-design planning. MCFA does planning. 
maybe even before planning, you have strategy. What are we actually trying to accomplish? MCFA does strategy. We don't do design work, but we do do design management. And we are starting to support more AEs with spec writing and document, and, and control. document control and really program management and helping procure the right AE. And then you get into project execution. We do CM, we do inspection. We've got a number of supporting areas like geotech and then you have the built environment after it's built. We've got a number of people working on retro commissioning and facility utilization and, and documenting what do you have to just start the whole cycle of planning over again. So the life These cycle- These are all problems that people have that need to be solved. So we agree. Yes. We're a problem solving project leadership company in the built environment. Absolutely. That might go into other areas that have big problems to be solved. Yes. Yes. All right. So everybody that's out there asking me, what does MCFA do? That's what we do. We solve problems and we lead projects. Yeah. Do we agree? I think so. All right. Inspiring People in Places is brought to you by MCFA. MCFA is a CVE verified, service disabled, veteran owned small business. At MCFA, our why is to inspire people in places through project leadership. We provide planning, strategy, program management, and construction management support services to a wide variety of public and private sector clients. So now we need to know who- Let me say we infuse leadership. <laughs> we infuse leadership into uh, the construction world. All right. BJ hates that word. <laughs> I do. <laughs> It's like effervescence or something. You're trying to, I don't know. I don't know why that bothers me, but it does. All right. So our challenge to the listeners is to talk to us. What type of projects do you want us to be highlighting? I, I think we're going to go on a road show. I think we're going to start visiting projects and we might start an Instagram account despite Matt arm wrestling with me about highest and best use of yeah. Of investment. Actually, here's, here's a, this is actually, we're not going to end. I don't know what time we have, but I think we have like two minutes left, but we're not going to, we're going over time. Here's my challenge out to the industry. You know, all of you big companies with marketing budgets, marketing and proposals and business development and sales have to be focused on results. I get it, right? There needs to be an ROI, but we hit on a topic earlier, which is we all need to be marketing our industry and our projects. So help me help you market our industry and our projects by telling me about the greatest project leaders you have out there so I can interview them. The most the, interesting projects. The interesting projects that are going on. There's technology out there that I know we're not, I, I know I can't keep up with it. So I'm activating, today's the first day, we're gonna call it that, the IPP army, everybody listening. <laughs> you done with IPP? Yeah, I'm down. You got to say, yeah, you know, you know me. me. <laughs> Come on. He, he missed that. Uh, more of a rock guy. <laughs> All right. IPP Army, we need your most inspirational leaders, your most inspirational owners, and your most exciting technologies and projects that are going on in the built environment. So we can go on a road show and start interviewing. That's my promise. I'll, I'll help. And here's what's in it for you, right? Because it's, it's got to be in it for you. The more attention we bring to the infrastructure world and our built environment and our investment into the built environment, the more educated 
our population is going to be and our voters are going to be about the criticality of investing in our infrastructure and we continue to grow the pie. Now there's a problem on the other side of that. The more work that we start generating for ourselves through public investment, the more people we need. So the other side of this marketing that Matt hit on earlier is the more we expose people to it early on and we make it look fun, exciting, and sexy. Like how sexy can sitting behind a computer working on Facebook code be when you could be out there in the built environment building shit? Like we've got to do a better job of this. You got people DIYing like their garage storage systems when they could be out there like building hospitals. I was just in an office in Kansas City and um, walking around the office and someone introduced me to somebody and he had to stop what he was doing and turn around and say hi to me. He was designing a large sports stadium. Yeah. <laughs> and that's pretty cool. It's unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable what you, Disney, guess what? Disney doesn't exist without their parks. Parks don't exist without the Imagineers and the construction workers. Happiest place on earth doesn't happen without our industry. So we've got to bring attention to the industry. My challenge to all of you, activating the IPP army. And because I'm going to be late, we are going to uh, make an abrupt stop here. Matt, any final thoughts? No, I think you hit on a nail. Thanks for having me and I'll see you next Tuesday. Awesome. Until next time, everybody, thank you so much for listening and get back to us with your ideas, your people, and your intros. We're standing by. Hey, everybody. If you're enjoying this show, do us a favor and subscribe to Inspiring People and Places on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast hosting platform. We'd also greatly appreciate if you left us a review and shared this with other entrepreneurial public servants and all your friends and family in the AEC space. Be sure to visit our website, www.mcfaglobal.com. Sign up for our newsletter to stay in touch with us and learn about all of the projects and clients we're helping. Last but not least, we are hiring. We are always hiring. Do us a favor. Take a look at what jobs we have open, contact us through our website, or connect with me on LinkedIn. Until next time, have a great rest of your week and a great weekend.